This week's podcast brought to you by a cone of shame. Our youngest daughter the other day was trying to think of something she had eaten in the distant past that you had made and couldn't recall what it was. She said, the name sounded horrible and it tasted horrible. (laughs) After several minutes of Googling, she came back into the room holding up the phone and said, goulash. I think we've turned the corner. It's 54 degrees today. It's supposed to be 64 on Thursday. It's supposed to be 64 on Thursday? 64. Yay, us. That's, That's good news. It is good news. Are we and climbing out of the worst weeks of the year? I think we are. Good. At least that's what I'm telling myself. I like that. And you were, you're freezing. You're in your NBA G League. How about lady. that? It's my new gear. I, they, the folks at ESPN gave this to me last week because I've been calling all these G League games. It's a sweet Nike sweatshirt that says NBA G League on it. <laughs> so in your in your contract, in lieu of payment, you get G League swag? Yeah, pretty much. It, what's funny, too, is I've been... Um, That's do- also a G League contract, isn't it? <laughs> I've been doing these G League games. The G League championship game is Thursday afternoon at 4.30. We get the prime TV spots, but I'm calling that game. And um, yesterday I was on a conference call for something with non-ESPN people, and I mentioned something about the G League, and um, and one of the people on the conference call said, if you hadn't said anything, I would have absolutely no idea that the G League season is being played right now. And this is someone in basketball, in sports. If you hadn't said something, I'd have no idea. Well, of course you wouldn't, unless you have your, and this person also lives on the West Coast, unless you're, you know, have your TV on, because most of the games I've done have been you know, like well, yesterday's game was a one thirty start or a 3 o'clock start or whatever. It's almost um, as if it's taking place in a bubble. Right, almost, yeah. But it's it's funny. It's like when someone says to you, you know, are you still writing for SI or, or even better, are you still writing? Um, oh, even, even better. My favorite is, and I got this a week ago, are you still writing for SI? I don't get it anymore. So the assumption is if I it don't see it. wasn't it my father who said that? It was. <laughs> And and uh, it, it's like it's like when you play peekaboo with a baby, and uh, if if it doesn't see you, if it closes, if a baby closes his or her eyes, or you cover a baby's eyes, and then uncover them, and they see that you're still there, they're surprised or they're, happy or delighted because they don't realize that when they close your eyes, that when they close their eyes, you don't disappear, and and it's true of you as well. There's a um, oh you're still here. There's uh, a, you stopped playing and I thought that you then then evaporated. I'm waiting because I think that was four times where I started talking and you weren't done. So I'm just going to make sure this time that you are actually finished. Um, there's a phrase for that, and I remember going to the um, the pediatrician mentioning between like nine months and some other months. There's there's actually a phrase I, for I, that. I, word I know what, I know what it's called. It's, what is it's, it? Well, you're thinking of object permanence. Yes. I'm thinking of. Poor manners. <laughs> by me? <laughs> no, by the people who say that kind of stuff. Oh, no, yeah, th- that's right, object permanence. And that's um, that's when it, I don't know if it's, it's fun to play peekaboo, I guess, before the kids have um, object permanence and then they're no longer excited that you are still there. But um, Sometimes they're, they're insulted that you're still there. Right. <laughs> I, I remember, and again, I don't remember the age anymore because we're far enough removed from it. When I would come home from... Even if it might even be I was only gone for a couple of hours doing a game, but in my memory, it's more like if I had been gone for a day and a half or something and come home and 
and walk through the door and you'd be holding the infant. I don't, again, I don't remember the age it would be. And they wouldn't look at me. That was like, cause they couldn't communicate yet, but that would be their, they couldn't speak yet, but that was their way to let you know, yes, I'm annoyed with you. Like when they were littler, they'd be happy to come to you and they'd, they'd see me and they'd turn away. Like I am mad that you haven't been here the last however many hours. Do you remember that? Remember it. it I remember it like it was and because it was yesterday. It happens now. It happened to me yesterday, and it wasn't a child. Was it me? It was. <laughs> you were disappointed that this object is permanent. This object or at least, is still here? Yes. Um, well, none of us are object permanent, of course, but, um, but the reason I bring up the weather is you had mentioned that you were freezing in the house in the G League sweatshirt, and I'm wearing a winter coat, of course, and yet it's warm and sunny outside. It's colder in the house than it is outside. What are we doing? Well, we're in the basement, which is on the the non-sunny side of the house. I guess the basement, there's no sunny side of the house. Uh, are you explaining basement. this to, to listeners or to me? I'm, I'm explaining it to both of us. So the basement's just cold. It's always cool. And, and we appreciate it in the summertime. And um, actually, the, the space heater that you got me last year was getting quite a bit of use as our... Um, our child who's now back at school, but while she was home doing uh, remote learning as a contact trace, every morning she would our, set up shop in the basement and have the heater on. Our energy inefficient space heater. Yes, but we don't we don't use it enough to that it's I don't think um, horribly energy inefficient. It's it was perfect for the hours that she was using it. Well, I keep getting sidetracked, but I wanted to uh, read a quote from my friend Bill Francis, who works at the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. Mm -hmm. And he tweeted the other day uh, that today in Cooperstown, it was, quote, this is a quote from Charles Dickens. This is Bill Francis quoting Charles Dickens. It was one of those March days when the sun shines hot and the wind blows cold, when it's summer in the light and winter in the shade. And that's what we're having right now. That's lovely. <laughs> Today I'm going to do something that I haven't done in over a year, and that is I'm going to book a flight. I, I, I was uh, in studio this past Sunday for the Pac-12 championship game, and it reminded me that a year ago I was in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 championship game, flew home, and soon after that the college basketball season crashed down and ended. And um, I'm and going I, to I recall after you got off the plane from Las Vegas at the start of a global pandemic, you had yourself boiled. Yeah. <laughs> I had the guy next to me boiled, actually. Um, I do remember, in hindsight, that on the, on my flight home, I don't know if it was that one or my, whatever trip I took immediately before that, because COVID was, at the time, something we were starting to talk about. It had, it had you know, there had been reports of it in the U.S. And I remember sitting next to a guy who had quite a cough and remember just thinking, like, having my hood up and everything turning away from him. Anyway... So I'm going to be booking a flight to San Antonio and um, even just looking up the flights on online reminded me how much I'm, I, I haven't missed one second of flying or preparing to fly or packing to fly or getting somewhere after having flown. <laughs> it's a pity because it was 45% of our podcast before our podcast became primarily about grocery shopping. Right. It was mostly about your seatmates. Right. So um, I'm hope. interested to see. I'm, I'm going to fly Delta. And, um, you know, they have seats, you know, that are that they're not selling, unlike other airlines. So I don't know if I will have somebody sitting next to me. If I do, I don't know. 
um, like, are, are you still allowed to eat and drink on planes now since that requires you take off your mask? I don't know. These are things I guess I will find out as I fly to the maskless wonderland known as Texas. As you fly the maskless skies? Yes. I will be. And I, I know like Holly Rowe, when she has flown, she wears like a face shield too. I don't have the face shield yet. Um, will you get one? I don't know. Where do, where do you even get Beekeeper a face shield? And what does it do? What is it? Visit your local apiary. What What does the face shield do? In case somebody sneezes, it doesn't get in your eyes? I think it's primarily for kindergarten teachers so that the, that the, the kids who don't yet have object permanence can see that you're still there, <laughs> even when you don't have a... Uh, should I, speaking of kindergartners, um, should I get one of those like trifold barriers that kids are putting on their desks, bring it and like put my tray table down or not even just put it on my lap. So if there is somebody just sitting next get, to me, get, I'm, get, get I'm a separated from them. Get a 1950s style um, reflective sun tanning shade, you know, reflector thing that people used to put around their, right. them at the beach. Right. Something like that. I'm making light of it, but... Um, Anyway. Better yet, the uh, the uh, lampshade of shame that that dogs wear, so they don't rip their stitches out. <laughs> That's right, a cone. A cone, well, yeah, yeah, a cone of shame. Yes, t- <laughs> but but don't put it on your seatmate. Do you think a cone does more than the face shield? What if I <laughs> try to get on a plane with a cone? I've got a, a very good friend of mine is our veterinarian. I should ask her she, she, if she, she could give me a cone. <laughs> Why not? I think that actually is one of the better ideas that you've had. That could be your thing. I've got the monocle. You've got the cone. Yes. <laughs> Let's make lots of money. <laughs> uh, but between now and when I do get on the plane, I'm heading down there for the Sweet, sweet 16 on. There will be lots of basketball to uh, to call. We've got our selection show coming up on Monday, Monday night. And um and then on Tuesday, we have another show, a show that we've never had before. We've always had the selection show, and that's it. Um, Tuesday, I have no idea what time it's on, but we're, um, we're also doing, I don't know if it's a tournament preview show or what it's going to be. But this is the other interesting thing, at least to me. Selection show is going to be me and Coach Landers. Coach will be back in studio. He has to be in Connecticut for almost a month. He has to, like, they're having their own little studio bubble. But Holly Rowe a is... Stubble? A stubble? <laughs> yeah, a stubble. Holly Rowe is coming up for the selection show. And what's interesting about that for me is this will be the first time I will see her, have seen her in person since that trip to um, the Pac-12 championship over a year ago. So we've worked together a ton, haven't seen her, and I'll get to see her. So I'm happy about that. Well, I know you're going grocery shopping uh, this afternoon. You're going to go this morning. Didn't come back with any tales for us from the podcast, but you will this afternoon, and as you do, it's a different you... clientele when I because I mostly go in the morning. When I go in the afternoon, it's a, it's a different group of folk there. Did I tell you, by the way, that I went to a different grocery store? I don't know. A week ago, mm-hmm. probably the afternoon after we had taped a podcast. Otherwise, I would have mentioned this. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy there corralling carts outdoors, outdoors mm-hmm. in a fuchsia bathrobe <laughs> no there wasn't there was it was not belted so he was open kimono if you will i only saw him from behind so i assumed that he was fully clothed in front i think he was corralling carts he may have been just had a couple of carts and was freelance cart corralling while before or after shopping well that can't be the standard uniform for Whatever Any grocery chain. store it was that I you mean, went to. You couldn't tell from the back, like, it, were there pants and shoes? There were below pants. The there were definitely pants. I assume there were shoes. But believe me, when the ensemble includes a fuchsia bathrobe, 
terry cloth it was terry cloth. your eyes are on that this didn't happen how, how did you not tell this to me before now because i probably didn't see you for uh, a stretch of 24 hours yeah and and by that time given the uh the eventful nature of our pandemic lives other things had overtaken the fuchsia bathrobe i don't know how anything can overtake the fuchsia bathrobe well i look forward to going to that grocery store and perhaps seeing that um, it was a gentleman it was a gentleman Perhaps seeing that gentleman. Of course, it was a gentleman. I mean, wasn't a lady. No, I mean, I, 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 I know people go would to the grocery store. Would it be less absurd if it was a lady? Well, it would just be, it would just be less likely that it would be a lady because, yeah. because they're a little better than that. True. As a, as a gender, but a Damon on Twitter tweeted that this at me last week, and the reason I brought up Stop and Shop. If at Steve Russian or anyone in Connecticut is trying to get sick, I bet this will do it. And uh, there's a link to a story, Connecticut Insider, coming to stop and shop Flamin' Hot Cheetos sushi roll. What? Sushi roll c- crusted in Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Now, I'm doing that thing uh, because this is a paywalled. Uh, the, the story comes up only for like two seconds before it's covered with a, a login or subscribe right. now button. So I'm trying to do that thing where I look at it real quickly, like like scrambled uh, late night uh, uh, nudity on on Cinemax, circa 1982. Right. But uh, but yeah, so I can't tell you any more about it. But that's that's what it is. So when you're at Stop and Shop today, if you see Flamin' Hot Cheeto Sushi, don't get it. I actually last pick week, up pick up a pick <laughs> up a roll. Last week I got <clears throat> I got some Stop and Shop Stop and Shop Sushi. I think it was like spicy California roll that I had for lunch and it was very good. I, I did not see the the flaming Hot Cheeto roll. Well, speaking of the grocery, the last week we had a lot of conversation about the grocery list on the refrigerator and I appreciated that this week you started writing stuff on the grocery list. Beggars can't be choosers. So you did. You wrote a couple things. That, that I do my list. Um, when I make my list, I do it like chronologically by aisle of the grocery store. So you would write something on there, fortunately, in pencil. And I would erase it then and put it where like it went for my brain on the list. But I didn't mind at all. I was like, look at this. There's um, oatmeal. You, he wrote oatmeal on the list. He wrote seltzer on the list. And um, and then I just put it where it needed. Because I didn't know we needed either of those things. So anyway, thank you for but, but why for making you, the effort. Why wouldn't to, you know that we needed either of those things? Those things are no longer in the refrigerator or in the primary pantry. Because I don't um, usually, because I don't make the oatmeal for the kids. They make their own oatmeal. So uh, I made it for the kids. I used the last envelope, and that's why I wrote it on right. the... So if I had made it and used the last envelope, I would have written it on the list too. Or if I had seen that there was no seltzer, I also noticed there's a couple other things... Um, in the fridge that weren't there because I do an inventory before I head to the grocery store. But anyway, my bigger thing is thank you for writing those. If I'm going to complain about you not doing it. I have to appreciate that you did do it. So um, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, since you don't have tales from the uh, the grocery or or the airplane for us this morning, those are yet to come. Shall we get to viewer mail? Please, let's get to viewer mail. All right, our first viewer mail comes from uh, Pat, Pat Eaton Rob. Oh, hey, Pat. 
We know Pat. We know Pat. Pat writes, Hi, Rebecca and Steve. Your discussion of musical puns brought me back to a news story. I wrote back when John Rowland was governor of Connecticut and got in a little hot water by providing the Eagles a state police escort in the HOV lane on I-91 from their concert in Hartford to Bradley Airport. Do you remember that, Rebecca? I remember John Rowland being governor. I don't and being in, in hot water yes, frequently. Yes, being in hot water. And the, the beauty of that was when we had the parade my senior year and we won the national championship, after we won the national championship, he gave me and Pam Weber our own personalized Connecticut license plate. And then he got in hot water and went to jail. So he was making license plates even before he got Was in making hot license water. plates? Yes. Uh, the lead on my AP broadcast story that day writes Pat Eaton Rob of the Associated Press was, quote, the Eagles may be already gone from Connecticut, but their long run in the fast lane has left Governor Rowland with anything but a peaceful, easy feeling. <laughs> yeah, Pat. Fantastic. <laughs> already gone, long run, fast lane, peaceful, easy feeling. Much to my surprise, that made it to the wire. On another topic, I know you're wary of Alexa, but one of her main duties, oh, Rebecca, this is timely as today's headlines. One of her main duties in our house is to compile our grocery list. All you need to do is tell her to, quote, add Swiss cheese to the list, and it will appear. What does that mean? It will, how, it will appear where? It'll, uh, magic hands will write it on your your analog list on our fridge? Remember? Well, your Alexa is connected to an email account, so I'm guessing well, it gets let's, let's in see. there. Let's, well, let's hear, yes. I mean, this is the AP. We're going to get the facts here. No need to write anything down. When you use something up while cooking, Alexa, add garlic to the list. If you take that, if you take the last soda, Alexa, add Diet Coke to the list. At the store, you just tap on an item as you add it to your cart, and it disappears from the list on the Alexa app. Alexa even sorts the items into categories for you, fruits, dairy, meats, etc. It really is helpful. Looks like I'll be covering the NCAA Women's Tournament from home this year. Hope to see you at some venue soon. Yours, Pat Eaton Rob. And of course, we can't discuss classic rock and Pat Eaton Rob without invoking Sir Dennis Eaton Hogg from Spinal Tap. He was the he was the president of Polymer Records, uh, and this is Spinal Tap. I wish I could add. I think I've only seen Spinal Tap pieces of Spinal Tap once. You haven't seen it eleven times. No, not I haven't. Well, that's. Um, that's too bad. I can imagine, though, if we did that in this house and I went to the app or wherever when I was at the grocery store to see what our children would have added. And I'm not talking about actual groceries, but you you and our son, actually, just when I wasn't home, just to say, Alexa, add whatever ridiculousness to the grocery list. And they went, that would be nice. So I'd get to the grocery and I would look up the list and there would be a bunch of ridiculousness on it. That would at least make me laugh. Well, perhaps we'll, we'll do that. Maybe we will. Um, our next viewer mail, I don't usually read these on air, or ref- on air, on air, like this is going out on air. Right. I don't usually read these, but our next viewer mail spam is from your employer, ESPN, who writes, Greetings, the Ball and Chain podcast. The tournament challenge is back for 2021, the NCAA tournament bracket challenge. Yeah, I Will got my email that? today. I got my email today saying the women's tournament challenge was back. Is this one for the I men's don't know, or but, the women's? But, but did we have a tournament? Did we have a bracket challenge last year? I think we entered uh, not last year, of course, but maybe the, the year, year before, before. Right, right. We must have. I think we did as a, as, as the, the ball, ball and chain, chain podcast. Okay. Yeah. I don't, was it competitive? I don't, I don't remember. I know. I know we didn't win. I know, let's talk to we, Danny. We had we had the we had the uh, the uh, ball and chain uh, derby yesterday. UConn women versus Marquette women. UConn women won the Big East championship game. 
But what I loved about that was the preview when the Hartford Current had a little synopsis of, of Marquette's strength and weaknesses, UConn's strength and weaknesses, where, matchups. Where you could watch the game. Where you could watch the game, yeah. broadcasters. And for Marquette, it, it, it had famous alumni. Mm-hmm. And uh, it said Senator Joseph McCarthy, the red-baiting disgrace, uh, Jay, Jay Crowder, NBA mm-hmm. player for the Miami Heat, and uh, and sports writer Steve Russian. And I showed that to our 10-year-old who uh, loves to to diss me in various ways. And she, she looked at it. She didn't smile. She didn't roll her eyes. She just said, wow, Marquette must not have any famous people. <laughs> this was right before she was going to bed last night because I was I said home in, and heard her I say said, that. In fact, they do, but they're Chris Farley, Dwayne Wade. But anyway, uh, I enjoyed that. Our next viewer mail comes from... Can I, can I just pause for a second? You, 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 aren't the only like. one, you aren't the only one who enjoyed that because since we get the Hartford Current and, and it's attached to my email account, we, our account we is... We get it before our dog eats it. Sometimes right, our dog eats it right. and we drive we, it before we get we can the electronic use. version. Anyway, every day... In my email, I got a, get an email and it just says most read thing at the Hartford Current. And yesterday's was the Yukon Marquette women's really? basketball preview. So yes, the most read thing, at least online, was um, I, I, people got to see that you are a famous Marquette. Only, only a thousand of those clicks were mine. <laughs> right. Um, and by the way, I mentioned the, the practice of our dogs eating um, the Hartford Current in our driveway before we can retrieve it's it. It's our dogs. I, it's our dog. Our dog eating the Hartford Current in our driveway before we can retrieve it in the morning. I mentioned this to uh, uh, Marquette alumnus John Steppe of the Cedar Rapids, Iowa Gazette, who said to me, wow, you've got a real news hound. Ooh. So maybe maybe uh, it's not just the, the uh, fiber content, but it's it's the news content that, that uh, Kasha is after. Mm-hmm. Bob in North Carolina writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, I recently received my first dose of the COVID-19, the pandemic vaccine, or as a friend said on Facebook, my Fauci-ouchie. <laughs> I like that. Oh, irony of irony. Steve not writing on the grocery list. Perhaps Steve could think of this as creative writing assignment. Uh, Basel Stott, Baby Swiss, Luscious Lorraine Swiss, or simply a writer's block of cheese. <laughs> It would have uh, to be Swiss, of course. Uh, 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 it, it, cheese does block me, I will say that, but <laughs> I, I hope it doesn't give me writer's block. Since Steve is an award-winning writer, oh, thank you, Bob. If he does write on the grocery list, does Rebecca have to pay him a royalty? Mm. That's a good, there's a good, I get paid by the word. I'm going to start uh, putting down. Um, a writer's block of cheese. A writer's block of cheese. Thank you, Bob. Our simplest of palindromes in North Carolina. Let me ask you this, since you are the writer and the creative one in the house, one of the promos we do during NBA G League, the, the tagline uh, tag for the G League this year is, next is now. Next is now? Yes. And I brought that up yesterday and, and our play-by-play guy said, do you like it? I said, I'm okay with it. But then I said, but isn't now now? No, next now. is now. Next is now. How do you feel about next is now? Next is now. Yeah. Is that sort of like be best? <laughs> I don't know what it's like. I just uh, wonder how you as a wordsmith feel about next is now. Look, God bless anybody who has to make a living coming up with pithy slogans for... Uh, and like that, that are hashtagable and hashtagable, like in yeah. limited uh, letters. I, 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 as somebody who has to... And I don't say gets to. It has to write for a living. 
try to make a living as a writer, God bless you. <laughs> God bless Next is Now, um, the Next is Now author or authors, the committee. Right. That came the algorithm that. that came up with that. Yeah. Hi, Rebecca and Steve writes Harold from Tom, Dick, and Harry. Oh, hey, Harold. Long time no right. I'm catching up on the podcast. Podcast 154, you had the controversy over the timing of trimming off the crust when making your kids peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. At least we know that now. That was podcast 154. Mm. Do, I do, still do you know have, them by number, Rebecca? No, and I still have. Do you know what was podcast 87? No, I don't even know what decade we're in. I'm guessing we're still in the 150s. I, I'm not I, sure. I don't know. But um, I wish it was more of a controversy. I've not had a single person on my side on this, So, but I'm holding out hope for Hari. Go Hari. Well, the controversy is do you, do you trim them off or do you or do you make the kids eat them with the crust? But nobody no. thinks that spreading them, no. that, that trimming the crust and then spreading the peanut butter and jelly on after that is a, is a thing. Yes, so they do. We, I do. There's been like Denny's side hustle. There's been, a, there's been a side controversy over don't cut them off at all. But nobody besides you has has thought. Well, uh, that's why I'm holding out hope. Well, let's for see Hari. what Harry says. Let's he's see he's what got he says. he's got uh, three numbers, and the number three has three bullet points. So this will be this this is like a a, a term paper. I'm going to throw this in there. This is like this is my Delaware. Right, like Delaware was the last state where we had gotten somebody to request we, swag. We'd gotten them from all over the country. Uh, we got them from all over the country and other parts of the world before Delaware came. Think of that. Somebody requested swag last week. We got to get them swag okay. Go uh, before Delaware came through. So I'm, I'm, I'm holding out hope that maybe Hari will be my Delaware. So let's hear it. One, why trim the crusts off at all? There you go. Depending on the type of bread, the crust is usually <gasps> the best part. It's at the kids' right. Is it at the kid's request? Yes. Or is it the way you prefer your sandwich to be? No. If I were to trim the crust off, I never have. I would lean towards Steve's method because the crust provides a nice edge for catching any excess peanut butter or jelly. Well, of course, that's exactly why you do it. It's the curb. It's the curb um, of the bread. I'm still waiting for my Delaware. Two, why make your kids lunches? Now here, now well, he's getting yeah. into the nitty-gritty. All right, I'll listen to this. I will admit that I've been in Steve's spot knowing that my high schooler is going to be late and won't have a lunch unless I help, but that should be the exception. We pushed our kids to make their own lunches at a young age. Ten, my middle daughter created a nightly ritual of preparing her lunch immediately following the previous night's dinner. She knew that she would be too tired in the morning to make her lunch. My other two kids pulled stuff together in the morning with varying success. It taught them independence and gave them responsibility for planning. Rebecca? I agree. I, I haven't done that because it's been easier for me to just do it for them. Um, but I will I will work on that. And by next year, the two younger ones will be making their own sandwiches and their own lunches. I, I vow for that. Finally, what do you do with the crusty ends of the bread loaf? Rebecca, do you throw it away immediately like you trim the crust from your slices or do you keep it in the bag to help keep the rest of the loaf fresh? Does anyone eat the end of the loaf crusty slices? You can guess that my middle-aged daughter does. You can guess that my middle daughter does, not his yeah, middle-aged daughter. couldn't possibly have a middle-aged daughter. No, no, that daughter. would be odd. You can guess that my middle daughter does. Thanks for the fun podcast. Looking forward to hearing Please Vaccinate Me from Tom, Dick, and Hari. Well, when you catch up, Hari, you will. Um, we you you do what with the heels of the bread as are known uh, the crusty ends. I leave the heels in. You leave until, them. You leave the heels in in the bag until they're the only thing left. Until the only thing left, then, then you, you throw, throw them away. away. The cr- when I cut the crust, mm, off, what I would have done yeah. as a kid, leave the heels in the bread, throw them away, or my mom puts them to some other purpose, or makes us eat them with as a slice of toast, and you get the that was what actually happened. I like then you keep I like the, the crust as toast. Then you keep the bags for slipping your shoe your your. Put them over your socks when you slip them in and out of that's your snowmobile. Right. I remember you saying yes. that that's what you did as yes. kids. We would throw them away, and when I cut the crusts off, I um, I used to throw them away. Now I just feed them to the dogs. They they eat the crusts. Yeah, like yeah, like I break them up. Yeah, they like them a lot. It's strange because our youngest only likes the crusts on pizza. She doesn't like the body of the pizza slice. She asks. 
the rest of us to eat the pizza slice and then save the crusts. And if I make a quick bread like banana bread, our, we have a couple, two of our kids fight over the, um, the end slices. Right, this, the, but the same, ki- the same kid who doesn't want the crust on our sandwiches will only eat the crust on pizza. I the find crust that is my unusual. favorite part of the pizza as well. Oof. Dear Rebecca and Steve, as always, thank you for your fantastic podcast. While I love all you do, today I'd like to take a moment and give a shout out to a few writers from last week's viewer mail. Namely, I thoroughly enjoyed the correspondence from Matt, Tom, and of course, Dr. Siegel. One, Matt's enumerated list of full Rolling Stones. Matt's, Matt's enum- this is Matt in West Hartford, who of course uh, had a uh, Easter egg filled viewer mail with uh, Rolling Stone songs mm-hmm. titles. That you that, read too quickly. And that I read too quickly and you thought were... Didn't all appreciate. Th- that I read too quickly and you thought were Neil Young songs. But other than that, <laughs> right. that was awesome. Matt's enumerated list full of Rolling Stones references was most impressive. It took a good deal of time, thought, and some effort on his part, and I wanted to send kudos to him. Thank you. Right. I ag- agreed. It, it was a very mm-hmm. thoughtful, time-consuming... I think the consensus is that I didn't do nearly enough to, to thank think, Matt. Yes, I think that's the consensus. Well, let, let, me, let me correct that now. Matt... Okay. Thank you. Two, Tom's anecdote. <laughs> That's your correction. Well, I, I was trying to think of a Rolling Stones <laughs> title that would, that would uh, Matt, we miss you. I've been walking Central Park singing after dark, Matt, thinking about that uh, viewer mail. Okay? There you go. That's better. The, the, our, our listeners are just dying to meet you. Two, Tom's anecdotes about his own father calling every waitress dear and hun. Perhaps it was sweetie. Either way, what really stood out was his mention that the discussion debates the two of you have are identical to those he and his wife have. I think that's a good 75% of why I listen. The banter between you both and the debates just make me laugh out loud. They remind me too much of my own wife, and I thought, and I, though we've been married a year or two less than you, I'm reading this poorly even though we've been married a year or two less than you. We can debate about grocery lists, PBJ crusts, and how to properly do laundry, and it's almost a pastime for us. We laugh about it, though I'm not sure others do. And when we listen together, we often point out how much we sound like you. It's great. Honestly, I get a kick out of it every week, but back to Tom's mail. I hope that he was the gentleman I was explaining about BNC while we waited in line at Steve's R.J. Julia book signing. I'd like to imagine he is that same man, and I'm glad he's enjoying So they were both there, Chris and, nice. and the, the letter writer. Three. Finally, I'd like to thank Dr. Siegel. In the opening of his email last week, DGS, DGS, not RGB. DGS. Not BTS, DGS. Not RGV, not Rio RGV. Grande Valley that I called Rio, yesterday Rio in my G League game. League. DGS. <laughs> yes. From now on, DGS. Of course. Uh, said he hoped we in Connecticut would have the warming trend George was experiencing. The good doctor did us a solid as I see high 50s and low 60s in the forecast this week. That's shorts and t-shirt weather in New England. I wonder what if it would be like for Minnesotans at this point in the year if they had the same weather. Would pools open? I, I can assure you. Uh, everybody's wearing shorts, uh, flip-flops, and t-shirts um, at Lake Harriet right now if it's 64 degrees. I'm going to throw in this here because he mentioned um, Hun and Sweetie. I was talking to Coach Landers earlier today. We, we speak on the phone a couple of times a week as we're getting ready to do our stuff um, in studio. And uh, it, it reminded me, like, not only if people ever watch us when we're in studio, they know that Coach Landers pronounces my name Rebecca. Rebecca. It's the only thing he, 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 it's the only way he knows how to say my name, which I really like because um, it's different and it's sweet. Does he think it's pronounced that way? I don't know. I don't know. But the other thing is anytime we talk on the phone, whenever we're done, he said, he'll say, all right, sweetie. And it's, um and same thing. I, I don't know what I would do if you ever ended it with, uh, all right, Rebecca. It's a nice little, um, you know, it's sort of like a grandfatherly sweet. And Southern. And yes, in Southern. Yes. 
Four, Steve, your cranking of Bill Withers and Gladys Knight inspired a considerable amount of listening to Motown and classic soul music by this 40-year-old teacher as he graded essays and planned this week's lessons. I thank you for that. We've been cranking a lot of Bill Withers' lovely day mm. lately, and it's the days now are, are living up to that. Yes. Five, and this is last, Rebecca I, Rebecca, I hope the NCAA will keep restrictions within the tournament bubble regardless of Texas's guidelines or lack thereof. While testing is in place for the teams, I would hope there would be some safety precautions taken to ensure that the tournament comes off without a hitch and that everyone, including broadcasters, fans, and arena staff are all kept safe. And lastly, a parting question. Did Steve add Swiss cheese to the shopping list? Uh, writer's block of cheese now. But no, if it's not on the shopping list, Rebecca, can I can I count on you to pick up Swiss cheese? Because yeah. we ran out last night. I'm the only one who I noticed it. that because this morning when I was making the kids' sandwiches, I saw that we needed American cheese and that we also needed Swiss cheese. And just to answer his question about the tournament, um, yes. Well, the, he, oh. he, he's asking this before. He hasn't listened to the previous part of the oh, class okay. where he, now he knows you're wearing the cone of shame right. and, uh, and a shield, <laughs> a kindergarten cop shield. Right. Like I am completely confident that everything within within the bubble for the teams and the coaches and staff, that that's all going to be safe. I'm completely confident that everything ESPN does for us will be completely safe. But – at some point, I will... And there won't be fans. I will... Uh, no, I think you can have 25%. Oh. And that's the Alamo Dome. So we're talking thousands of fans. But they'll be away from us. They'll be away. My bigger issue is at some point, I would like to leave the hotel, maybe, and walk outside. Um, and so I will have to be extra careful, of course, because other people on the street aren't required. But the other thing is, I don't know... I don't think ESPN has... I don't think we're the only ones in the hotel because our traveling party is not that big. So, like... If I go to get on the elevator and somebody is on there unmasked, I'm going to have to wait for the next elevator or that sort of thing. I'm just going to have to be extra diligent. Or if, or if I'm on the elevator and the elevator stops and somebody gets on and doesn't have a mask on, I guess then I'll have to get off. <laughs> I, think, I think this is where the, where the cone of shame would be perfect. You're standing on the elevator. Yes. Look, look, everybody's a foot shorter than you are. Yep. So you're, you're, you're literally head and shoulders above the rest of the crowd. And, and, and with, the, with the cone pointing up, it would protect you from any, any no, viral. Even better – no one's going to get on an elevator with somebody wearing that. They'll think that there's some maybe and a monocle. If I have the monocle and the cone of shame, uh, uh, people will just be like, oh, no, I'll wait for the next one. Forget the monocle. How about a manacle? <laughs> I don't even know what that like, would Like be. handcuffs, you know? Oh, <laughs> on my feet, shackles. Yes. I can be shackled with the cone of shame and uh, just say, oh, come on out. Go on the elevator. Welcome. Plenty of room. <laughs> Uh, Konnichiwa, writes Michael in uh, Hi, Higashi Michael. Kitazawa. Dear Rebecca and Steve, greetings from Higashi Kitazawa. As always, I hope this finds you both well. Below is further proof of what pops into my head whilst listening to you both. Again, thank you for the continued levity and warmth. Both are potent medicines. Uh, we're finding that out today with warmth, that's for sure. Uh, What's Michael got for us this let's week? Let's see. And uh, let's appreciate uh, it. This is a cold reading, so forgive me for my uh, cadence uh, okay. stumbling. The gist of the list is clearly Steve's miss for cheese Swiss. Not the lots of Rebecca's dots or the breaking dread of Three Kings Bread. Lest we forget Matt's clever email of the Rolling Stones oeuvre slash Holy Grail. Or the story of Guy making nice by breaking the ice. And to close with the wonder of a new vaccine song to keep us laughing in a medicinal sing-along. Please keep happy and healthy. I remain, Michael. Michael. He, I mean, it's without question. He's our poet. He brings the uh, he, he he brings the heat. He brings every the heat from week. Higashi Kitazawa yes, from HK. He does. I mean, come on now, Michael. He continues every week. It's like he's outdoing his artistry from the week before. It's it's rather impressive. 
uh, Jim, our Canadian resident, resident Canadian, sends uh, an email to ballandchainpod at gmail.com. The header is The Grocery List. Hi, Rebecca and Steve. Your grocery list stories have to be in the top five funniest podcast segments. Added to the, the Three Kings cake story in the new Tom, Dick, and Harry song made the episode an instant classic. Some thoughts on the grocery lists, and there are three bullet points here, Rebecca. One, a lot of those kinds of stories happen uh, close to home. Due to last week's podcast, I was reminded to get Swiss cheese on our own list. Mm. See? Finally, a question for Rebecca. Were dots and juji fruits on the fridge grocery list? Happy shopping, Jim, our Canadian resident, resident Canadian. Uh, Rebecca, where no, are they? Are you going to pick up on the more juji fruits? I wasn't planning to get them. I was just walking down that aisle and I saw the dots first. And I was like, oh, I enjoyed those dots that we got last week. And then like right next to them, I saw the juji fruits and um, those caught my eye. They're, they're not on the list this week, well, however. And I know you got, uh, because they were on the kitchen counter yesterday when, our, uh, when I brought our oldest home from school and she said, ooh, plantain chips what are what are those and i said i said she said i'm not going to open them they're they're not open i'm not going to open them but what are plantain chips and i said i said i've had them they're good and within less than two seconds she tore open the package and started eating them and she said yeah they are kind of good and i said i thought you just said you weren't going to open them and she said well i thought you just said you had had them already and they were good I said, I've had them in the past. Do you know how you can tell that I hadn't had them out of this bag? Because the bag wasn't open. <laughs> and I, I didn't purchase those. One of my friends got those and um, and dropped them off. So I, I don't even know if there's any left. But uh, yes, I, I, plantain chips are delicious. And finally, batting cleanup, our double OBGYN, our DGS, our RBG. Our everything, really. Doctor... <laughs> Dr. Barry, Dr. Barry? I don't know who that is. Dr. Gary Bader Siegel. (laughs) 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 Dear Rebecca and Steve, I'm so sorry, writes Dr. Siegel, that this week's note is rushed on a Tuesday morning before I go to exercise, and also that I had a few typographical errors in last week's note that Steve thankfully overlooked when reading it. Without further delay, here's a list, not bullet points, because putting bullet points into an email is a skill that I do not possess or have time to research this morning before going to to exercise. One huge typographical error from last week. My daughter's nickname was Poopsie Doodles, shortened to Poopsie, so I do apologize for that error, and I was cringing just a little bit while listening. I pray that you'll forgive me. If you remember, Rebecca, he 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 skipped, he left out the second P, so we were wondering if Poopsie. Poopsie. No, it was Poopsie. Poopsie, that's Poosie. right. Poopsie. <laughs> or Poopsie. Oh. oh, poor Poopsie well, poop, Doodles. Poopsie <laughs> Doodles. And, 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 and Dr. Siegel was cringing because, because it was Poopsie and not Poopsie Doodles. Right. I think there are now uh, flaming Hot Cheeto-encrusted Poopsie Doodles at, at Stop and Shop. <laughs> Put those on the list. One, Rebecca. Hashtag mom fail? Seriously, you and all of the mothers simply hashtag mom rock. While certainly the relationships and divisions of duties have changed in the past three generations, Ward and June Cleaver are smiling in Hollywood heaven as they listen to this podcast. I cast no aspersions but only praise on the parents of today, especially during COVID-19, the pandemic. But in many ways, the Russian household has similarities to the Cleaver one, although I suspect that Ward had the cars serviced and the filters changed regularly. Well, uh, as we were driving yesterday, I think, um, our daughter said, Dad, Dad, there's an exclamation mark on the dashboard. Look, it's lit up. And I said, yes, that's been there for 
for six months. That means we need we need to get on that when I get back from uh, San Antonio. Two longtime viewer and infrequent writer Matt inspired me to write this 6:45 a.m. missive. He's right, as wild horses couldn't keep me from checking in with the podcast. Wild horses. Nice, I caught it. Three it's last not week. Y- Neil Young. Uh, everybody loved Matt's email. I hope Matt continues to listen so to hear the I. praise. Yes. Three, last week was a busy week with eight babies over six days. Woo, half boys, half girls, and all is well. That does bring to mind a small story regarding baby names and dogs. However, if I've brought this up in the past, I apologize for, for the redundancy, but sometimes the 63-year-old can't remember what he had for lunch yesterday. Although if it had been a sandwich, it may or may not have had Swiss cheese on it, depending on whether I put the item onto the grocery list. Digressing a bit, when I put the items on the list, sometimes they're items needed from Target, sometimes they're from Costco, and sometimes Publix, our favorite grocery store. Compulsively, Mrs. Dr. Siegel kindly takes the draft list and makes it organized by store and aisle so that she can successfully complete the shopping. That's what I'm doing, Rebecca. When I write down in pencil, I'm writing down the draft list. If uh, Anything that you write on the list, I appreciate it. Back to names. Over the 30-plus years of delivering babies, whenever I would deliver a baby with a name of one, one of the children or a friend, relative, etc., I would tell them. So if a, if a Rebecca was delivered today, I would send Rebecca an email with his backstory. When the children were little, they were fascinated. When my daughter was 13 and I told her at dinner about a new baby girl with her name, she replied verbatim, Big deal, Dad. <laughs> oh. Oh, we're, we're in the middle of the Big Deal Dad uh, era, I yes, think. Yes, we are. I mean, we have all four of them now, 10 to 16. We can, get the, we can get that from any of them or all of them. Yes. So the last delivery of the weekend was an 8-pound, 10-ounce girl named Penny a name that I honestly don't think that I've delivered over the years. However, one of our friend's dogs is named Penny, so I took the following actions in list form. One, I emailed Penny's mother and sister, the sister is a friend of my daughter, now all grown up and a pediatrician, about the event with the backstory. Two, judiciously, I chose not to inform the parents of their fifth child that Penny was the name of a delightful golden doodle in Atlanta. Not a poopsie doodle, not a penny doodle. <laughs> A golden doodle in Atlanta. Over the years, whenever I delivered an Abby, a Piper, or a Bailey, all seagull dogs in doggy heaven, I found it best not to inform the couple of the good news. Off to exercise. When I do cardio for an hour, sometimes I get in enough steps to earn an extra dollar for my health savings account on top of the intensity dollar awarded after 30 minutes. Please see the attached picture from yesterday. When at 10 p.m., I was at 9,900 steps and thus walked around for 10 minutes, around 900 steps, to get the tenacity dollar for 10,000 steps, all the best. Gary, pardon the typos. Here is a screenshot of his, uh, of his uh, fitness app where he made it to 10,056 steps and got a dollar. Are you aware of this, that you can get a dollar for, for your fitness? Is this something that our health plan? This is something that Dr. Siegel has mentioned many times when he's talked about you can get the same for riding forever on an exercise bike or for a little while on a real bike or vice versa. Um, yeah. Dr. Siegel, yeah. I, I was but, aware but, of this. But I was mentally checked out all those times yes. while, while and, reading the But he the has emails. brought it up multiple times. But yes, you can get rebates for exercise. Our, well, our insurance, we, we don't have that, the insurance plan that we have, but um, but yes. Well, his insurance plan, he has year to date earned $125.75. That's pretty good. Exercise costs me money. Exercise costs you Costs money. me money, yes. Well, it doesn't cost Dr. Siegel money. It it's earns earning him money. Yes. Woo. Well, thank you, Dr. Siegel, as always. What did you think he was talking about all those other times? Because it's, it's probably a half a dozen times. Maybe he, that's too many. He that himself, he's, he's mentioned it in some capacity. He himself can't remember what he had for lunch yesterday. So I'm so, supposed okay. to remember podcast 111, what the, what the viewer mail was? No, you're not. E- even from DGS. That's asking a lot. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, I, I hope that uh, before Tom, Dick, and Harry will play us out, that, that Denny will give us just a, a little bit of the Pet Shop Boys opportunity since I invoked it inadvertently earlier in this podcast. Uh, it's been playing in my head um, ever since. And after the Pet Shop Boys sing Let's Make a Lot of Money, we'll throw it to, we'll segue seamlessly into Tom, Dick, and Harry. Tom, Dick, and Harry, who will then play us out. Says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.